Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Peter's Podcast. We're trying something different today. I decided to have a little roundtable with Wendy Newton, Yogi Raj, and wife extraordinaire, and my colleague Ainu Siren, who uh, teaches teacher training at Ishta Yoga, and uh, brought me over to Finland to be a part of their teacher training for the last two years. We're going to talk about retreats, about workshops, about holding space as a teacher for students, and about why a student might want to take a retreat or take a workshop or take a training. So I hope there's something in this for everyone. We sure had fun making it, and uh, I look forward to uh, hearing your feedback. Drop me a line anytime on peterspodcast108 at gmail.com. Or you can go to patreon.com, support me for any amount you like, and there's an email link there as well. I'll uh, fill you in a little on I know. I know is uh, at Ishta Yoga, as I said, and also at Pure Yoga. She did her first teacher training at Yoga Works with Chrissy Carter and Jody Rufty, two great teachers I know and love. For her 300-hour training, she came to Ishta, where I met her, and she's been teaching there uh, all along since. And um, I know was is originally from Finland, and she came to the U.S. as a dancer and um, worked in dance, still loves to dance. And, uh, but now she's really focusing on her yoga career and leads retreats around the world several times a year in addition to teacher training and regular classes. Uh, I've spoken about Wendy a bunch of times in the past, and uh, so we'll just jump right in here and uh, hope you enjoy. We're looking at things all over our apartment. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Ino. Hi. Hi, Wendy. Hi, Peter. This is our Hi, inaugural roundtable discussion. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. I've been trying to do some different kinds of formats on the podcast, and a roundtable sounded like just the thing. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are, and we're going to um, do our best to talk to... Maybe some of you who are uh, students of yoga who mostly maybe take classes and see workshops on flyers, see retreats on boards and in emails and wonder, hmm, what is that about and why do I need that? I just go to yoga class. And then also for some of you who are teachers, uh, maybe some of uh, the thought process that's behind in our either subconscious or our thinking explicitly about what are we doing to create a space where it's going to be useful for the students there, whether it's a very small kind of a thing, like a, a little workshop or even a one-on-one, -on -one, or I was saying to these two before we sat down, even when I do a podcast, I have to create a space where people feel comfortable talking. So, and then even as much as going on a retreat for an extended period, and how do you set that up so that it's comfortable and people get the most out of it. So I'm going to stop gabbing. 
for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to jump in? Roundtable contestant one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know travel well, the farthest to get here. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs> so nice to be here in your beautiful new home. Thanks. Um, yeah, the first, well, first thing that came to mind as I was listening to you, your intro was that I think the most important um, factor when creating space or holding space for um, any group or in a workshop or a retreat is that they feel safe. Yeah. I think um, it goes the same in the classes too, but then when it's a workshop and it's this bigger thing happening and usually it's some specific topic um, so that they can feel safe enough to explore that. I just had my workshop, I Am Enough, about this feeling like... Such an appropriately titled yeah. one, I yeah. Am Enough, right? Yeah. yeah, that we so often, this world feels like it's giving us the other message, or especially living in New York, that just often feels like, oh, I don't have enough, I'm not enough, or what I'm giving is not enough. So we came into the workshop with that intention, and I wanted to create a space that felt safe for everyone to um, explore that and then that uh, for some of us it might feel already a little bit easier to allow that feeling to come in because it's really invoking that feeling when we're uh, otherwise affirmations won't really work unless we're really invoking the feeling behind it um, and then to have that safe container um to explore that feeling um, or even to flirt with that intention. I almost mm -hmm. think of it as, as flirting because at mm -hmm. first it might be like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then it's like one bit gets a little bit more comfortable. Okay. In terms of the student. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. So, um, I, and that's probably because for me, that's one of the most important things is to feel safe and secure mm -hmm. in the environment where I'm looking to um heal yeah i feel like it starts there too that it's you know for me there's um i don't even really know exactly how to articulate it but it has also for me to do with receptivity and i think people feel safe when they feel like they're going to be received mm -hmm. not like for what they say or do but just for who like for the energy in the room mm -hmm. and i think you know we have so much reliance on like intellectual like ideas and thoughts and i don't know like the syllabus or the manual or what's like what i'm going to say when really like people come into a room and they can just feel your your willingness to be there with them and to receive them and to actually not just give information, but to listen. Yeah. To you know, to listen for the response and to see how they, you know, just kind of to shepherd that 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 connectedness. You and know, I think and, that's what I do is yeah. is give them a chance to say something as soon as possible. Yeah. You know, like um, engage so that it feels like a conversation and it's not creating this separation between I am the authority and you are yeah. the listening yeah. party. Mm -hmm. Yeah, more and more I just, I, I, um, even though it's sometimes a little bit awkward at the beginning, I, I get, make people come into a circle because 
when when we're sitting all facing one direction, seeing some, the back of somebody's head, it, it's we don't realize it, but we're sort of going into this like um, passive mode. I think, yeah. And there can be, some, I think, there can be some anxiety, like you said, like yeah. they people feel insecure or unsafe to like show up. Totally. But if you can sort of get through that that part and then they start to show up it's very exciting yeah. for, for you know the energy in the room starts totally. to yeah yeah I think just like that like whenever you create a circle it's like you create initiate the connectedness mm -hmm. or the togetherness that we're in here together mm -hmm. and I agree like the connection like once you establish that that then we're onto something or it feels like it's on the yeah on the right track yeah definitely yeah, yeah. then you have that it's almost like freedom. Like mm -hmm. you don't have to stick with the stuff comes up. Stuff comes yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. I go back and forth on circles. I don't know why I feel less comfortable with a group in, in a, a circle. circle. You do but you, as the, as it, the space holder. It often falls to me that way. Like I show up for something and it's already a circle or, you know, usually when we do an intro for a teacher training, it's in a circle, mm -hmm. you know, and, it feels less of a, I guess, less of that hierarchical thing that I just said <laughs> I'm trying not to yeah. do, right? Mm -hmm. But at times it's also important to establish that. And I think that it depends a lot on the people, you know, and what their background is and whatnot, because some people are very good at sort of saying, I am here to learn something or i am here for this or i have i respect the knowledge that you have and other times if there's not any kind of hierarchy it feels more free form or mm -hmm. there's chaotic is it maybe the word hand, i'm yeah. after yeah mm -hmm. so sometimes i use that classroom format as a way to at least establish some element of that and go at the intimacy in other ways mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting point about the circles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Wendy, you do um, some training in um, in groups about this idea of like a three person mm -hmm. uh, structure for being in a group. You want to talk a little about that? Sure. It's a little hard to give context for it. Um, Essentially, there's this idea that um, this comes out of my polarity training, mm -hmm. and it's the idea that the and this is really going to be for the teachers listening or people who know something about about yoga, mm -hmm. um, but that the three gunas show up in everything because they're sort of like the 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 threads that weave together all everything. of all of everything, right? It's like the 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 way that it works. And so in relationship, right, a lot of what we're talking about is relational and yoga is also relational. Mm -hmm. And um, so in relationship, we either are in the rajasic mode, we're in the, the speaker, the teacher, the one who's putting information or communicating outward, mm -hmm. or we're in the receptive mode, the tamasic mode, we're receiving, we're listening, we're learning. 
And this is, you know, obviously schematic. Mm -hmm. But then there's also this third element, which is the sattvic element, which is just the observer. And so, you know, in yoga, we're always trying to get to that place. Mm -hmm. But when we're, when we work in groups of three and one is consciously taking the role of the active, one is consciously taking the role of the receiver and one is consciously being the observer, we get to learn what our relationship is with those roles. And it's very clear after a while, right? So like if we're in polarity trainings, like a lot, we'll do things in groups of three and like you notice right away, like, oh my God, I get pulled into the rajasic role all the time when I'm trying to be the observer or I have no, like, I can't even listen here. I'm like so charged. I'm not even taking, I'm not even receiving, you know, or what our defenses are around that. So it's just a really good way to, um, kind of externalize some of the learning rather than having it always just be about like going inward and meditating. It's a little bit like, what does this look like in the world? Because Mm -hmm. everything is relational and we don't think about it that way. Mm -hmm. So that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What was the question? That was the question. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you just answered was the question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, that's, that's, that's nice in so many ways, because when you're in a um, circumstance as a teacher and someone else is talking, it's nice yeah. to allow for them to have their thing. It brings back that yes. feeling of safety yeah. and also that they know something. They've come with experience as yeah. well. They may not have exactly your experience, mm-hmm. but it's valid nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Well, this becomes a big issue in co-teaching, right? Yeah. Co-leading. I think we've yeah. probably all had experience with that. Like, you know, when it's your turn to be the leader to lead, and when it's your turn to be quiet, be quiet. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's like. It's so true. It's so funny when you say that um, when you were talking too, because it's like, I think my, by nature, it it, um, sort of hasn't come easy to me to be the rajasic one or the one Mm -hmm. who's um, teaching the teacher training. And if it wasn't for someone like Mona who took me aside and said, I know we need someone like you in the teacher training too. Mm -hmm. We need um, someone like you. So just, just keep on working on it getting there and I was like really so it's taken me a really long time to sort of build myself to understand also that I have something to give that is worth hearing and then um and then also simultaneously it's really important for me then to do the same that was done for me uh, with the ones especially who are similar to myself more mm-hmm. sensitive and think like no it's just I can't never do it you know so I'm definitely that's what I'm doing a lot coaching sort of with with students or te- um, who are teachers mm-hmm. but uh, sort of mentoring them to, yeah. to do that to step up no you can do it we need you too you know uh, but I, when I was leading my last retreat in St. Thomas and the lady, lady who owns the place, Spirit on the Water, her name is June. And uh, she's this amazing healer uh, lady. And we collaborated together there. And then she said with her assistant, she was like, yeah, I know you, you, um, you're a leader. You brought all these people here. And I, I was like, 
I was like, no, no, I'm not a leader because I know it's the pita people who are leaders. I have almost none of the pita. <laughs> so I've squared myself off of that list. And they look at each other and they laugh. They're like, it's kind of hilarious. You are a leader. And it was one of those moments. It's still, I feel a little uncomfortable about it. But it was interesting mm-hmm. when someone like makes you see something a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like I think it takes, I guess it takes something to bring people, mm-hmm. you know, to retreats. I suppose it is a leader of some kind, but it really did not sit right, right with me because I was like, no, that's not true, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So it's just funny talking about mm-hmm. that whole tamasic and rajasic mm-hmm. and how how they can then, I think it's amazing when someone who's by nature more tamasic, we bring them more towards the rajasic because then it's by nature bringing it more to sattva mm-hmm. almost, right? Yes. And yeah. then the other way around, it's like playing with all of that. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. I feel yeah. like that's magic. Yeah. 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 It is kind of like magic. Well, yeah. it, because it's, it's about the, the conscious relationship of yourself to the guna of yourself yeah. to the, you know, like if you can see, cause I'm on the contrary, like, quite pitta and you know i i have to you know like we had a a thing happen this weekend where our car broke down sort of and then it turned out it didn't but in the time when we thought that it was broken down like everybody was looking at me like what are we gonna do yeah and i was like I don't know. I used up all my pitta just getting in the car. Like, I'm not going to lead this charge. (laughs) Just not going to because I can see that I don't know. I don't know anything more than you. Like, I was really related to my own lack of wherewithal. Yeah. And I could have easily just gotten all charged up and been like, we got to do this. We got to do this. But I really had this feeling to just sit back and be the observer for the moment. And then guess what happened? It got resolved. Yeah. It got it fixed by itself. Yeah. It was the strangest thing. Yeah. Are you serious? No, I am. That's it, amazing. Yeah. I love stories like that. Yeah. Because it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It felt it's like that not way in the moment. The yeah. usual thing. It's like yeah. just going like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. And not, then it's not usually forcing like, it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and the, this all brings up an interesting thing about how much of something do you need, right? It, it's often just a matter of like putting everything in its right place. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take very much. We always exactly. think we have to struggle for stuff. I just would have to struggle to be a leader. Yeah. But yeah. all it took was having the situation and taking the steps to do it. Yeah. And that's what it was. Yeah. You know, you lead sometimes just by your own example. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, and also it, it, it's an, this is sort of a subtle point, but it, it really comes up for me a lot around like holding space for people that whatever the stated intention is of a workshop or of a, of a retreat in particular, there's always, um, for me anyway, this deeper level of holding space, which is to bring all of those, um, to bring that level of consciousness around your own kind of places of struggle, your own charge, your own, you know, what I really want to have people, what to have happen for people when they come is to, um, have some kind of intelligent space where they can see themselves a little bit better. You know what I mean? Where they can maybe get like a perspective that they didn't have before, you know, because people come a lot of times, I think to like get information 
And so, you know, you give information, but underneath it is this dynamic that's happening that I think the space holder needs to be aware of. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the so magic, well like, you know. Yep. I agree so, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's what I love to talk about in classes too. It's like, yes, we come to yoga to do the physical and all of that, but we go beyond the mind, obviously, for the bigger stuff. And it's yeah. like that too. And like only so much can we even understand with our little minds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, just enough to get motivated, I think. But then like letting that go yeah. and the, then the information is coming through in different ways mm-hmm. just by being in that in that space and in the presence yeah. of the teacher and in that energy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is like a really also the one category of of people that you might you kind of addressed it, but you know teachers need to lead their own teachings, but they also need to be in community with each other. And being able to sort of lay down your baton as the teacher and just go be participant mm-hmm. is also really important. Like I realize how much I need that. And, um, you know, it's, I think it's really important to, to remember that we have to like really replenish our own. I don't know. It's really easy when you are being a leader, whether you are walking backwards into it or forwards into Mm -hmm. it, you know, whether it's conscious or not that you're, um, like that you have to recognize the part of you that's student. Yeah, you know, and that's like needs to just be held, have space held for you as so well. True. Like I think of that as support. Yes. You know, like that. The more that I get support, the more that I can be really honest and effect, like true to the teaching. Agreed. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And sometimes you go go for that kind of support, and it's very. Um, like there are no expectations around it. Like you're just going, like we often have this because we have a situation at Ishta where we can just drop in on a class, right? It's like, I'm here. Mm -hmm. I have to teach in two hours. I'm just going to take class. Mm -hmm. So then you go to that class, but it's not, you're not going to learn something Mm -hmm. per se. Mm -hmm. You're just going to sort of be in that energy. Mm -hmm. And that feels interesting. Or you might go to, say, a training or go mm-hmm. to a workshop to get something much more specific out of it. So there's like this whole range of why you would go for the support. And some of it's just energetic, just the like basking in the presence of that other teacher. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's for something that is going to like fill a void in what you feel mm-hmm. you need to know in order to present something more authoritatively. Mm-hmm. and. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah, sometimes for me, it's just also like seeing how somebody else yeah. frames it, yeah. you know, just kind totally. of like it, it, enlightening, so you know? Yeah. yeah, I know. It's so interesting. You can just kind of go like, oh, that's so light or, oh, that's yeah. really deep, you know? It's like, yeah. Podcasts stay afloat as labors of love, but they also need to pay the bills. Some do this through random ads Others can get by as being infomercials for whatever's being talked about on the podcast. I'm hoping to support Peter's podcast, much like a pay-what-you-will yoga class. But there's no box at the front of the door here, so instead, I'm using the digital equivalent, 
That's why I'm asking you to please support Peter's podcast on patreon.com. Instead of a box, there's a link. It's easy, it's flexible if you want to vary your support, and most of all, it keeps this podcast going. Thank you to everyone who's already a podcast patron, and please check it out if you're not. Thank you. Maybe we can sort of shift gears a little bit now and and talk more to people about why you might want to go to stuff since we already started from like a teacher's Mm -hmm. perspective, but like a student. And I mean, not only is this interesting or useful for a a student who might be listening right now, but it's it's useful if you're trying to lead something Mm -hmm. and you want to say, why is this worth coming to? Right. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's helpful for knowing in your own mind, wait, what are students expecting to get out of this? Mm-hmm. You know, we always ask you to write that down in your blurb mm-hmm. of the right. yeah. <laughs> of the workshop or the retreat. What are you yeah. going to get out yeah. of this? Yeah. But it's it's smart to know. It yeah. is. Yeah. True. So. Yeah. When you go, when you take a retreat mm-hmm. to someplace like uh, St. Thomas, obviously mm-hmm. there's like a relaxation component to it. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, yeah, about the workshop, but it can it's retreat related as well. That, for instance, like, and it can be any layer of um, or any any kind of um, uh, part of yoga. But if you're working on something physical, let's say you're going to a workshop where you're learning something physical, like for instance, like uh, all the inversions and all of that, we don't have a lot of time in class, so that would be one reason, obviously. Why, we, why you would go to a workshop and have that dedicated amount of time for it to do it safely and to learn about it. But then the same way about something like I am enough or that intention and mm-hmm. how do we really work on that or purifying energy lines or meditation. Like, wow, do we, I go to meditation all the time, but not quite getting like, so that you have now the time to really, I feel like even the workshop, like two hours goes so quickly. My mm-hmm. God, it's mm-hmm. nothing. I feel like sometimes workshops could be three and a half, four. Yeah. And then therefore yeah, retreat. Yeah. And then the retreat um, obviously is then beautiful as a teacher because you now you have this week long time. They're there with you. They have no choice. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> no escape. They have no escape. <laughs> Maybe one day day trip, but they come yeah. back from there. And yeah. <laughs> So it's, it's, I think it's so, oh, what a um, ripe moment to really impart something, you know, like we did one of the St. Thomas retreats, the intention, the first one in February was abundance and prosperity. So not only financially, obviously, but just be feeling abundant and prosperous. And it was so fun um, and lovely to do that and focus on that Mm -hmm. specific intention for the retreat and yeah um yeah yeah i mean i i i think you know for for people who are sort of um i don't know navigating those waters of like what what's what do i need from yoga what's what what are the possibilities because sometimes i think we don't even really know like what we could Get. Well, we don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's yoga is such a broad. It's kind of a very the the landscape is so very broad. It does go. It's like 
the physical body, the subtle body, the emotions, mm. the the breath, the you know, just meditation. It's so it really. Yeah. I mean, obviously, eight, eight limbs. limbs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, you know the. I think it all goes back to a little bit like what you were talking about before. Like we, I would say it this way, we teach what we need to learn. Mm -hmm. And so then we're going to get the people who want to learn what we're teaching. Mm -hmm. And as the student, all you really need to do is go, well, what's interesting to me? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like if it seems like that teacher and that, substance like that subject matter are mm-hmm. calling your name you know especially with workshops like just go mm-hmm. do you know what i mean it's not that hard you because it's it's always um i don't know i i think being able to put yourself in beginner's mind is a really important mm-hmm. thing and i you know i periodically will go out and do something completely different than mm-hmm. yoga like outside of the yoga world mm-hmm. and it's always really humbling to me like cuz i've been it like I walk in and I'm the teacher trainer. Mm -hmm. But when I go to like talk about, I don't know, something completely different, I'm just the student. Yeah. And so I have to like deal with all of like my insecurities and like my being the new person and not knowing what's going on. And I think that's really interesting. It's an interesting way to, to see it. And when you're like speaking to the teachers, when you're holding a workshop, especially there may be people that you don't that are not haven't been exposed to you. Yeah. So you have to meet you. You have to. They've come for the subject. They've come matter, for the perhaps. subject matter. Yeah. You have to meet that. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and then they'll probably stay for the for the shakti. Yeah. You know, that's kind yeah, of how I, I think about I it. I think that it's very useful. I fell into teacher training. Yeah. You know, and before that, maybe I did a workshop or two. I just took class, you know, and mm-hmm. I was doing meditation f- for 20 years before teacher training. And when I got into my 200-hour teacher training, I was stunned <laughs> at how much I was learning that I had never learned in class. Mm-hmm. Like, how could I be yeah. doing yoga for so long and never know this? Yeah. Never know that this is what you're do- supposed to be trying to do or right. that this is the point of this. and. It was uh, amazing. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know? And so I just think it's um, it's sometimes useful to tell people that yoga is so powerful, that yoga mm-hmm. is so revolutionary and so transformative and has such a big impact on you in so many ways, all those ways you mentioned, you know, emotional, physical, mm-hmm. mental, clarity, mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you get that? Well, you get it from coming to class, but you get it from making it your life mm-hmm. way, you like yeah. a path. Yeah. And the way you get into that path is to learn beyond what you can just get out of a class three times a yeah. week or yeah. once in a while. Right? Mm-hmm. Even if you come every day and you're just doing the same thing, yes. basically, it doesn't get a doesn't get worked into your living, which Agreed. speaks to our endless capacity to go on autopilot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like 100%. You, can, you know, if nothing changes, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. So then you're in that mm-hmm. loop, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then you have to, you have to, it's never, you're not, you're, you know, I think there's this like tendency to think that, oh, if I just get this new skill, this new information, mm-hmm. it'll change, but it's not, it's how, how you use it. You and, know what I mean? Yeah. And there's no quick fi- fix to anything. And I think the whole yoga thing too, it's like, it's not um, like, I think we all uh, talk about it that way too, that it's not like, it's not some end goal, but it's in the process yes. mm-hmm. where the journey is or the destination too. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, even if you start this, which fe- it is a never ending <laughs> road, right. you know, it's not like, yeah. oh, so in two years I'm at that level where it's, you know, finally I've reached it. Right, right. It's the inverse of saying I am enough. You yeah. are enough all the time. All the time. But you can always Wait. be improving that's your what, relationship with exactly. that. And that's something that comes from this path. And which is where the logical mind is not helpful because yeah. it will it has trained us and program programmed us think a very different way. Exactly. It's very difficult to sort of get from that into the just start the process mm-hmm. and which enjoy also it. <laughs> yeah i mean it's such a big topic that to me is like really a big topic yep oh and um it kind of brings me back to also speaking to the teachers among us that that's a big challenge and i think it's a big hurdle in learning to teach workshops and hold space at a higher level is to recognize that you also have to hold space for people's challenges around that. Like, what am I going to get? How am I going to, how are you going to fix me? How is this going to make my life better? How am I going to, you know, show, you know, like. Can, sort can of, you be explicit about that? Because I think not so many people are so conscious of that, that they're mm-hmm. going to walk into anything, a classroom, a workshop, a retreat. They're, as, a, as a leader of that, you're going to get triggered. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people are going to get mm-hmm. triggered and that interaction and, is going to happen. Yeah. So um, let me see how to be really clear about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it it goes to that we are sort of trained up in a certain way, like in the world out there, we, you know, you pay a hundred bucks and you go get a massage and you're supposed to get X, Y, Z result, mm-hmm. right? Because we just live in this that that kind of a culture mm-hmm. and the yoga the way of yoga is quite counterintuitive to that yeah and so as teachers you know you're saying it's like it's hard to get to that place to make that jump mm-hmm. where you realize there's like the part of you that's the conditioned mind and then there's the part of you that's like tuned into what i would call reality mm-hmm. <laughs> amen uh, mm-hmm. and so that when you know when you have students coming in, especially if they just, you know, have been practicing for a little while, or they've just been going to classes, and they haven't done a whole lot of retreat situations, or, you know, sort of more in-depth studying or understanding, Mm -hmm. then they might come and have that, that thought, like, I, you know, I'm going to get this, and they're just, they, they, we can be very in our expectations. And we, as the teacher, the space holder, for me, it, it, it's, it's a it's a it's hard to be acknowledging yourself as part of the dynamic and also as observing of the dynamic 
and holding that space for people to come to consciousness around their part in the dynamic. And it's kind of through how you deal with it, how you deal with your part and how you deal with that interaction, which comes right back to the gunas. Yeah. And noticing three roles. You're in all three roles. So it's like a little bit like juggling or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that all got very complex. I don't know why. <laughs> Sorry. No. But it, yeah. you know, it does to me really, uh, you know, just hold like knowing that people are going to come in with their stuff and realizing that as the, as the space holder, you have to understand your relationship to their stuff in order to hold space for it. Yeah. Totally. So it's kind of, it makes it fun. Yeah. 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 It makes it, uh, challenging and fun yeah i think it goes to that notion of you know yoga is relational too it's like when you encounter a situation with other people and there's a challenge there you have to deal with yourself and deal with the challenge and they may not end up being happy at the Mm -hmm. end of it but if you respect them as your action right Mm -hmm. Um, then at least you get to some common ground. Maybe the common ground is we're going to disagree about this, but I respect what you just said yeah, or something. Yeah. And then it goes. And in, in retreats, there's like, it's your, it's like a pressure cooker sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. There's like Ooh, personalities yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you're dealing with stuff and people yeah. are not necessarily having each other's they're triggering each other sometimes, but yeah, you know, we work on all of that, and 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 that piece is a part of it too. And it gets to this notion of what we've been saying: it's a path, right? So, like, you come, and if your expectations that we've been talking about are, I'm going to be happy while I'm here mm-hmm. doing this thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that part of that is true, and part of it is. I am going to be me in relationship to this situation. Mm-hmm. And there's all the challenge of that. Mm-hmm. So the real happiness, which I loved as the subtitle of this podcast, mm-hmm. right? This actual happiness thing is when you go through the thing and accept, yes, this is part of it. And getting through this, being content within this challenge mm-hmm. and resolving it, is like the highest action we can take right here. Mm-hmm. You know, just being giddy or just being superficially laughing, right, is not necessarily yeah, right. happiness. You remember yeah. the other the other day we 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 were having some kind of a an, a marital argument, and I said, I just don't think it's supposed to be this hard. Mm. And you said, well, I think it is. <laughs> suddenly it just lightened like just it's kind of like what you were saying with Damani like it just when you can recognize it it just it it can it can lift I know you know and that's that's the ultimate I think yeah thing that it takes a little bit of um doing to get there like perseverance really yeah you know I mean through relationships we learn and grow and 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 right now, um, my relationship, <laughs> probably biggest one is with Damani, my son. Mm-hmm. And, and um, yeah, so definitely. And it's so interesting because it's like, 
I grew up with parents who, who were arguing a lot, so it was not a peaceful household in that sense. But um, but with, with I think there's this beautiful feeling, like even with Damani, when we argue that we decide we're on the like we're on the same side. Do you mm-hmm. know? There's this disagreement, but but somehow we're trying to like we took a walk last night. Uh, too, because we were having this argument and then we sat there, tried to resolve it and felt like we were just like at a uh, dead end. Like mm-hmm. this is not happening. It's just, uh, uh, uh. and then all of a sudden we were starting to walk back home, both really angry, pissed off and like, oh, I'm going to make him. Uh, and he was <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> and then um, I just said, well, how would you see this? Like, what were you, how would you like, what do you think should happen now? And then he suggested something, which was actually quite fair, but because I was at this point of anger, I didn't want to budge one bit. Mm -hmm. And then he says to me, well, mom, you know, when I made a mistake and I'm sorry, and you know, when you, when you, you make mistakes and you say you're sorry, I right away do forgive you. And it's true. He just showed me the way. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, just looked at him. I started crying. I said, you're right. And he said, I said, I'm sorry. He said, no, you don't have to say you're sorry because I did something wrong. So he was even that evolved that he freaking like said that. And I was like, no, but I, I, I can let this go. You're right. We talked about it to an extent and you came up with something which seemed pretty fair, actually. So it was, it's amazing sometimes yeah. how things then. Yeah. And I was yeah. for sure, I was trying to resolve it, but by trying, it wasn't working. Yeah. And then when I we were going back home, I gave up on the yeah, resolve. You were past that part. I was past yeah, that. Yeah. And then I said to him, So, well, how would you just to entertain myself? I don't know. <laughs> I said, yeah. How would you? And then it actually sounded kind of reasonable. Right. And right. that's how it got and that's yeah. such some a, space. Yes, it. change the energy. Oh, yeah. You know? And that's another thing that happens when you go to a workshop or a retreat or something. You're shifting yeah. the energy. And within that space, it's like, hey, I'm not thinking about all the stuff I usually think about. Now I'm in this space, whether mm-hmm. it's for two and a half hours or it's for, you know, a week. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you get to move through that thing. Right. Like, because until you get there and you get used to being able to do that, like kind of tolerate mm-hmm. the gnarly, whatever the interaction is, then you don't realize what the resolution can be. Yes. Right? Because inside of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like kind of in a retreat, especially, it's a little bit like of an artificial workshop for some of that stuff. Right. right? Because, you know, you always come and then there's like this conflict or I can't eat that food and this person got on my, you know, there's all of that, but that's your stuff. Yeah. It's nobody else's. Yes. Right. And And it's like, I think at the end, like if we remember, like I, I think, you know, I remember, yes, I'm like, okay, it's the tail end of Mercury retrograde. Of course, the stuff is coming up. So I take it quite like seriously, you know, like, all right, let me deal with it. But then in the trying, it wasn't happening. But then in the end, it let go. But with the retreats as well, it's, it's like those things actually have the space to arise and come Mm -hmm. up. And it's a blessing so much because they should not be suppressed. Like if, if it's coming up to be seen and looked at. Mm -hmm. So I think when we remember that, because it's in the, 
it's not like that thing is the problem. It's the resisting of it. What is the yeah. issue? Yeah. So then if we remember that or even as holding space or, you know, leading the retreat or workshop, when something like that comes up, that this is a beautiful moment for you. Let's hold space yeah. for yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then there's the content yeah. component then. You know, you're learning something in the retreat about how do I work? How does interaction work? Mm -hmm. You know, what is rajas and tamas and sattva? How do they apply? You know, mm -hmm. and this beautiful um, subject matter of yoga that has something to say about everything and is not dogmatic at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is how this works. If you want to use it, it's available for you to use. Here are some tools for you to deal with your whatever's going on right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And here's how you apply them. And we're here to work with you in this setting so that you get it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you can ask questions and you don't have to Google it, right? Because yeah. It, um, who was it? Al, I think, said to me once, it's such a nice metaphor. Like the teachers, the person who already like went through the jungle and got to the top of the mountain and knows how to get there yeah. and came back. Yeah, I said, here, <laughs> I got can, a route. And can yeah. lead you there, right? Yeah. It's not like some yeah. magic man or I, magic woman or so you know, shamaness or whatever. Yeah. It's It's like a knowledge, a piece of understanding mm -hmm. and the inclination to share it yeah right? that's the thing with teachers they and, are inclined to share but yeah. also then you have to remember that when you go back like the thing that he said to me once was you i have probably to stole that it's from the, you. no no it's the same it's this, it's another way of saying it you have to teach what you needed to learn but for them mm. right and so then you have to always for me anyway this mm -hmm. is really important to remember that it's for them, mm -hmm. right? So then if you're going, if you've been to the, to the destination and then you decide to come back and share it, you still have to walk through the landscape right. again. Mm -hmm. It's right. easier because you know where you're their going. their challenges you know? too. Yeah. This is like, exactly. Right. But, but the value for me anyway, in both how I've been taught and also how I teach is that we have to remember that it's hard when you're in it, like that moment when you were like, I'm mad and I don't want to budge, right? Mm -hmm. When you're in that place, it feels like that. Mm -hmm. And just have somebody, having somebody there who can be like, oh, I know that place, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Here's a way out. Oh, 100%. Right? That's what's really helpful. So yeah. it's it's like, there's still a charge for you, but it's less enough so that you can share from that place. Yeah. yeah. And I like, you know, I don't know. Plenty of times I'm like, I'm not this, this particular challenge is not, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Right. And then I just make a boundary. But if I, if I can, I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And I really find that the teacher is, you know, that's why uh, it, it's beautiful go to have a teacher or have teachers who have experience and life experience, because I feel strongly that if you can only hold space in those things that you've experienced exactly. yourself. Exactly. And people feel it. Yeah. And they come to you for what you've dealt with, not understanding it necessarily yeah. or knowing it, but there's something there that pulls them to it, you. For sure. Because they feel that you've gone through something. So I find that when those challenges come to me, like what I've gone through, I feel like the thing that often, like I need those couple of things that motivate me. Okay. 
this is for my good, you know, first of all, like, okay, remembering that it's like better, better out than in, like Shrek says, I think. In one of <laughs> Guru Shrek. Yeah, Guru Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also that we can help others yeah. when we deal with that own thing. There's a beautiful gift that comes with that. Yes. Because then you've held space for yourself now you can hold space for others. And exactly. That. You know, I, there was some, I, I, I can't remember her name. She was some like, you know, young punk Episcopalian minister. I, I can't, I can't, you know, some like person who had been through a lot and then mm-hmm. st- started some kind of a youth ministry. And she said something about, you can't teach from a new wound. Right. You have, like, if you have a wound, like, you have, you have to have that wound in order to teach from that place, but you have to, it has to be healed in you. Like, you have to be able, you have to have actually gone around that block. Like, and that makes so much sense to me. There's this sweet spot for me anyway of what I'm teaching where I'm really interested still <laughs> because it's something that's like important and has been really hard for me. And I'm not, t- totally done with it and I can share from that place yeah but there's things that I learned a long time ago that I got through and I just don't care about anymore right do you know what I mean that's just water under the bridge and then there's stuff that's too raw yeah. you know and I realize if I try and go to teach from that place it seems really interesting but then uh, you know, I can tell from how people, how it, it feels like it's coming at me and I yes. just need to make yeah, some space. And then I just go, okay, wait, that's, I'm just learning on that yeah. level. Yeah. So it's, it's a big, it's, it's, you know, I think once you, I, I really think that all, like once you realize that fact as a teacher, then it, you could just go and teach. You can find out where that sweet spot is. Totally. And just really focus there. Because I find as a student, it's so inspiring when the teacher uh, is able to share like that place. I think the, the sweet spot that you were mm-hmm. saying, like when you're still as a teacher, also a little bit navigating it still, yeah. but it's not that raw place because that, that would yeah. be too much to go there. That's yeah. something that needs to be in your own intimate moment to Mm -hmm. deal with or um uh, practice but but that place I find it so inspiring Mm -hmm. I think like I look up to teachers who are willing to share from that authentic place because we're not perfect none of us yeah and the ones who pretend to be it just feels so off. I know. It feels or it off feels like they're me. living off and not in our world. Yeah. Where we're, so where we're having to deal every feels, day. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It just feels off. And then it's so inviting and invites that connectedness when, yeah. when you feel like there's a sense of you're going through these human things that I'm going through. And wow, I just want to learn how you're navigating through Mm -hmm. them. Not that everyone has to navigate through them exactly the same way, but it's so nice to see inspiration from here Mm -hmm. and then from here. And then I put together my way of that. Mm -hmm. And get some feedback on it even. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, when do you have a (laughs) workshop coming up? I do. Yeah, what's it about? It is uh, Pada Three, Vibhuti Pada of the the Yoga Sutras. Um, a little lighthearted read. A little lighthearted <laughs> read. Yeah, it comes out of the work that Al mm. and I did on the book, um, 
and it kind of we're going to be looking at the part of that book where you um you've kind of done the work you've mm. been in the practice for a while you sort of understand that place of of kind of pedal to the metal or nose to the grindstone doing real and yoga doing real yoga mm -hmm. and then you start to see the the shifts and the changes and the benefits that come through from that and kind of like focusing on how to notice that how to reflect that how to um you know basically stop applying pressure and start receiving benefits yeah you know that are always there that's pada three Yeah, and, and I think this is one of the most important things about any practice, but certainly yoga, that this like goal-oriented idea that I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to get it, and mm -hmm. then I'm going to have what I want. Exactly. Right? And, and in Vibhutipada, you know, you learn about these things that come from your practice, yeah. and they are magnificent things. Yeah. You know, but they may not be like what I put on my goal sheet. Exactly. Right. I want this and I want this and I want this. But if you practice with the right intention, you'll realize, wow, I am a different person yeah. than I used to be. Yeah. Because of these things that are coming through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. And you're going to be working some in, it's not just a delivery like a lecture. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the way that I'm kind of going with these teachings, it's a little more topical, conversational, mm -hmm. do a little bit of, um, a little bit of practice just to um, sort of, um, just get it into the embodied field and out of the intellectual field. Because mm -hmm. I'm really interested in, in doing close reading, but mm -hmm. also, you know, and situating it within the book situating it so that we understand what it is. Because a lot of times we are already talking about this stuff. We're already going there, but we don't yeah, understand how it relates. Yeah. And we don't understand like the, the framework or as, as uh, I've been hearing people call technology, right? There's like a technology mm -hmm. here in a way. Mm -hmm. um, so like really sort of framing it within that, but then also sort of, You know, like you can come and show up and not know the sutras and still get something out of it. Cool. Um, but but if you are already sort of on that path, hopefully it's it'll contextualize something. So, but yeah, a little meditation, a little uh, talking, a little walking around. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And then so, we're all going to end up in Bali together. Yeah. I'm very yeah. excited. You want to talk a little Me about too. that? Sure. Yeah. yeah. What? Um, so that's... I can't say the name of the place we're going. <laughs> Ubud. Ubud. <laughs> Ubud. Yeah. 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 Ubud. And um, it's the eat, pray, love place. It's, a, it's the eat, eat, pray, love place. Yeah. We can go bicycle around there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's on February 8th, uh, 8 to 15th, right? Yeah. yeah. And neither of us has has been to Bali before, right? No. 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 So we're so excited to go. Yeah. And um yeah, can't wait to have more more info up about that very soon on my website. Yeah, so save the date. Yes. February eighth to fifteenth in yeah. Ubud. Ubud. Yeah. Yeah. At the uh 
The place has a lovely name too. It's Blue Karma. Some the second word is funny. Nestling. 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 Yeah. Blue Karma. We're going to be nestling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is. Can't wait to get to Bali I, to figure I, out what nestling is. I know. But yeah. It's kind of in that. It's in the jungle so um, we can take a day trip to the beach and there are beautiful temples around mm -hmm. there so I'm, monkey monkeys yes and rice, rice patties. patties i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's gonna be very special yes i know so yeah. mark that in by calendars yeah yeah we would love to have you yeah mm -hmm. um and there'll be much more more detail about that coming soon yes should, yeah. should have up fairly soon yeah yeah and then you're off to finland i'm off to finland yes and is this for fun there and you always seem to work in some yoga you know, training when you're there life is fun yeah <laughs> when when i'm not fighting with Damani, you know yeah um yeah i'm gonna be teaching quite a bit there too so when I first go there, there's the Magnesia Festival. So I'll mm -hmm. be teaching there. And then we're opening a mini pop-up this time. Oh, Ishta cool. mini pop-up. So for a couple of weeks in Helsinki. And then teaching um, Art of Touch hands-on trainings one and two. And then we have, um, which is Ishta Bridge program, but we're calling it Back to Balance back to balance weekend and i'm teaching in hongo which is another town in finland and just a little teaching and seeing family and and um enjoying the finland nature nice yeah and if people from finland are listening right now and they might want to come catch your pop-up or the hongo uh, workshop yeah. where would they find out more about it so for um at our website ishtayoga.fi mm -hmm. okay yeah cool yay mm -hmm. excellent mm -hmm. well it's been such a treat you guys thank you so much for inaugurating the idea of a round table yeah. i don't know if we'll ever have another one but this was a sure fun I i'm sure it. that we will yeah thank you so much yeah, yeah thank you namaste that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Peter's podcast. I had a great time chatting with Ino and Wendy and uh, look forward to talking with them some more sometime soon. If you have any questions, email peterspodcast108 at gmail.com or head over to patreon.com. Become a patron. It's a cool thing to be. That's your name, you know, John Doe patron. And, uh, We'll stay in touch that way. If you'd like to know more about the upcoming retreat in Ubud in Bali, or about anything that I'm up to, including my schedule, and about some of the things I'm working on on the writing front as well, I'm working on a book with Alan Finger right now, you can sign up for a newsletter that comes very rarely, but it's so good when it comes, filled with great news. Uh, you can check that out at peterfurco.com on that internet thing www. so check that out i'd be happy to send you info when there are details about getting um to a bud in bali with us and uh everything else that's going on peterfurgo.com see you there all right take care namaste mm -hmm.